Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. Joy in my day. Who's ready for joy in my day? All right. Well, you have come to the right place here at Unity of Fairfax. And that's what we're about in the unity movement. It's about showing people that they have the inherent capacity to create lives of meaning and joy and integrity and love. And one of the ways we do this is through the use of affirmations and denials as tools for aligning, aligning our minds and our hearts with the truth of our being, each one of us as an individualized expression of the magnificence of the divine. Say, like, oh yeah, I want to be aligned with that, and anything that doesn't fit that, I'm willing to let it go. Amen is right. Who said that? Amen, sister in the back. So to put that in more concrete terms, we affirm the good we desire to see in ourselves and in the world, and in consciousness we deny, that is, we let go of or release the negatives. And then we have to act, of course, because talk is cheap. We have to act. Affirmations are statements of faith. They're prayers, in other words. But again, as it says in the first pastoral letter of James, faith without works is dead. As highlighted in the children's lesson today, Unity's fifth principle is you got to walk the talk. So last week, as I mentioned, we launched this seven-week series entitled Vibrant and Victorious Living, Breaking Free to Be Your Best Self. And in this series, we're focusing on seven polarities. Those are opposites that can be, may be, have been, or could be a part of everyone's life. So our purpose is to shine light on each set of opposites so that we might consciously choose the affirmative and release the negative one. That is, give it up, stop doing it, let it go. You get the picture, right? Hey, hey Russ, I think I can accentuate that a little bit. Okay. You've got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. No, don't mess with Mr. In-Between. All right. It's an all-you-gotta-do job, and, and I hope it's clear which ones of these we are affirming and which ones of these we are letting go. But if not, I will elaborate just a little bit further. So yeah, so Mr. In-Between, he's the one who like vacillates and goes back and forth and back and forth. And I don't know about you, but I seem to find myself spending a little too much time with Mr. In-Between. He's not really the best influence on me or on anyone. And so why is it? Why is it that we so often vacillate and go back and forth between these two the, these, in these polarities? I think the easy answer is that because in the process of growing to know who we are and growing in our capacity to express the truths that we hold dear, the empire strikes back. Or as they say in, 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 in economics, regression to the mean. Or as we say, sometimes the facts of the day just hit us like a tsunami. Anybody experience anything like that of late? I don't know, 2020 come to mind? Well, fear not. 
Fear not, my friends. We are equipped and empowered to address these things. Paul wrote in his letter to the Colossians a scripture that Ron already mentioned. And I would like to share with you from the message version of the Bible, the same thing written in late 20th century American English. And he said this, the mystery in a nutshell is this, Christ is in you. So therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is basic. Christ, no more, no less. I mean, what we're talking about is the being examples of the living spirit of truth by whatever name you call it. It is right there. And for literally 2,000 years, this movement has been teaching people to identify with the truth of your being, not the temporal and temporary facts of the day. You know, as our second principle pointed out, that our essence is inherently good. Therefore, we are inherently good. I like to put it this way. We are the embodiments of spirit in a skin suit. So if that's the case, and I truly believe it is, then how is it possible that any one of us could remotely experience shame or guilt? <laughs> well, <laughs> I wish that was a hard question to answer, but it really isn't, is it? You know, shame simply says, I am a bad thing, and guilt says, I did a bad thing, or I didn't do a good thing. So, you know, there are thousands of reasons why any person might feel that they're inherently bad or flawed or unlovable or some variation of that theme. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm guessing all of us are, at one time or another had felt this way. That's why I'm so grateful that in unity, our teaching, our theology actually, is based on the inherent goodness of God. That's our first principle. The nature of God is altogether good and the inherent goodness of humanity, the second principle. And thus, we can affirm our inherent goodness because God, as we understand God to be, is ultimately goodness itself. And that goodness is what we call the Christ within or the spirit within. So that being the case, we have the power, we have the capacity, we have the option, and I would say the responsibility even, to release, to let go of any thought or feeling to the contrary. As author Anais Neen put it, my mush mission, should I choose to accept it, is to find peace with exactly who and what I am to take pride in my thoughts, my appearance, my talents, and my flaws, and to stop the incessant worrying that I cannot be loved just as I am. Whoa. Amen. And so we affirm acceptance, acceptance of ourselves. We release shame, and we choose to live a vibrant and victorious life. As the scripture said, it's that simple. <laughs> well, it may be simple, maybe not entirely easy to do, especially if you've been subject to these sorts of thoughts and feelings for years and years. But that's okay. 
we have all the time we need to do the work that is ours to do, to know ourselves in the wholeness and the beauty that each one of us is, always has been, and always will be. I think we can make pretty quick work of the polarity of redemption and guilt. Sure, one, two, three, poof, pop, pip, it's gone. <laughs> well, again, another one that may not be quite that easy, but the concept is simple. Once we get to the heart of the matter. Paul, whom I, in my estimation, is the founder of Christianity, though he, like Jesus, remained a practicing Jew his whole life, actively persecuted the early followers of the Jesus movement. Not only that, he candidly wrote in his letters in the, Hebrew, in the Christian scriptures about his own numerous personal failties, frailties. So I think it's safe to say this guy was familiar with guilt. And what is paramount in his writing, though, is that a change of heart, a change of mind, metanoia being the Greek term, sets up redemption. That is a cleansing, a renewal, a fresh start. And whether in the exact moment or after a bit of time, most people come to realize when they have committed S-I-N. You know what that is? Self-induced nonsense. S-I-N, self-induced nonsense. It's an acronym. And this was coined, of course, by the late Unity Minister Eric Butterworth. So whether you call it sin or error or mistake, whether by omission, something you didn't do, or commission, something you did do, it evokes this feeling of guilt, this pain that they, when they talked to Miss Wolf in class talked about today in this children's lesson, this awareness, not that I am a bad thing, which is shame, but guilt, I did a bad thing. Along with feelings of remorse, guilt often includes physical manifestations, such as a knot in the stomach, tightness of shoulders, a headache, that sort of thing. And it's natural for people to want to alleviate this uncomfortable feeling, which may be a physical ouchie or a thought ouchie. So how do we do that? Well, in unity, we understand that all actions have consequences. There really aren't rewards or punishments in life, just consequences. Principle doesn't play favorites. It's just how it works. But harsh as this may seem, that's actually the good news. Because every moment provides the opportunity to create a new consequence. You see, we are empowered in every single moment of the day to set a new consequence in play. Oh, Amy, we should put that to music. We should just make a song. Every moment provides the, well, and I've lost it. It doesn't matter anymore. So let me give you a case in point. Let me give you a case in point. So when I meet with individuals who are going through difficult times, especially the ones of their own making, or when I've been in those sort of conversations, the standard advice is this. Just do the next right thing. Doing the next right thing sets up the opportunity for the next right thing after that. You know, as they say in some circles, it works if you work it, and you're worth it. So consider these additional points. 
Faith traditions since time immemorial have provided a very a variety of ways to assuage this, this feeling of guilt and to restore serenity, restore peacefulness. And these have included sacrifices or special prayers or confession or meditation, to name a few. Psychology has determined a number of methodologies to alleviate the suffering from this experience. 12-step recovery traditions utilizing, utilize the searching and fearless moral inventory process and the, the 12 steps of recovery to help people get back to where they want to be to restore sanity. And even courts of law will reduce sentences for crimes committed if the convicted individual demonstrates legitimate remorse for his or her actions. So how do we make quick work of this polarity of guilt and redemption? Well, okay, that may have been a bit of hyperbole. But I'm taking all these things into creation. I've realized there are like four A's on the path to redemption. And the first one is just to admit what it was we did. You know, to ourselves, to somebody else, the exact natures of our wrongs and why they were committed in the first place. What this does, it allows us to take ownership for our own actions. And I tell you what, there is this really natural human tendency to not want to take ownership for our own actions if things didn't quite go the way we had hoped they went. But it is liberating to say, you know what, I did it. I take responsibility. I may have acted out of ignorance or fear or who knows why I did it. Well, who knows why I said it, but I did. I'm just going to own it. That's what I love about basketball. When somebody commits a foul, they just raise their hand. All right, I own it. I own it. Let's, let's just get back in the game because otherwise we're going to sit there and analyze. Well, why did you commit that foul? Why did you play? Why? <laughs> Stop it. Just admit it. And let's move on. Second, we make amends when appropriate to do so. And the logic of this comes from 12-step tradition. So we do so. We issue the apology. We make the restitution. We do the action that highlights that we're, we've taken responsibility and we regret the action, except when to do so would cause further harm. Now, in this case, if there's any question, please consult a professional a minister, a therapist, a sponsor, somebody. But there's this, this thing about, hey, I did something and I want to make it right. So that's, that action is important. Thirdly, that's the next step. We take action going forward based on our understanding that every moment of my life is the moment of power. In every moment, I can set in play a new outcome. So I want to act mindfully, responsibly to do the thing that will set up the life I want to live and create a world that works for everyone. And fourth, we ask. Ask for help to be our best selves. You know, whenever there's a problematic situation, when it comes up or you think it might come up, ask for somebody to pray with you. Call a sponsor. Ask for somebody who's been down that path. What did you do when you encountered this situation? Get a coach. Get a mentor. You know, I love the fact that even the world's best pro athletes, top of their game, they all have coaches. Because they know that they're, they need help to sustain being at the top of their game. Each one of us needs our own village that will support us in being who we've come here to be. 
Is everybody still breathing? Just nod. Okay. So I just want to make sure you're with me. It's like, oh, I realized when we launched this series last week that the topics, especially the first two, let me tell you, it gets a little easier after this week. The first two are really heavy topics. You know, we've been dealing with a lot of very heavy topics in recent years, right? And it seems sort of crazy to just add one more to it. And yet, it is imperative that for us to really live from the understanding of Christ within us, that we have to recognize and know the facts of the matter, whatever the matter happens to be, so that we can apply the truth to the matter. You know, we can't just affirm God is good and everything's fine and stick our heads in the sand and expect life to get better. That's a spiritual bypass. That doesn't work. You know what that gets you? It gets your mouth full of sand. That's all it gets. So if we really want to have these abundant, prosperous lives and live from the Christ of our being, we need to recognize which parts don't really align with that and not beat ourselves up, but celebrate. You know, this is why Principal Cool Cat said in the children's lesson, pain is good because when you can see it, then you can do something about it. You know, it's just like, wake up, folks, wake up, fix the thing and move forward. You know, our mission statement here at Unity of Fairfax is, we are a vibrant spiritual community awakening each life to the Christ within. And I think we can personalize that, each one of us, for ourselves. And when I thought about that, what I came up with, I am a spiritual being awakening each day to the Christ within me. And as I do this, I allow myself to tap into that power that will allow me to be free from whatever might be holding me down from being my best self. And as I'm being my best self, then I can be a partner, a co-creator of a world of peace, abundance, and respect for all creation. As I free myself from my own limited thinking, from my own self-induced nonsense, then I can help the world do the same. And that's a wonderful calling. So I invite you to do the same as well. And if you recall the children's lesson, spend some time this week in cat thinking. And if you missed today's Zoomies, they are all posted on our website. Peace be with you. Namaste. Have a blessed and victorious day, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.